You're listening to the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, Ben Eagle. To listen to previous episodes, visit thinkingcountry.com or find the podcast on iTunes by searching for Meet the Farmers. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Meet the Farmers. Today I am at the Oxford Real Farming Conference and I'm here with four farmers who are part of the Nature Friendly Farming Network which has been launched at the conference today. Guys, if we could just go around the room and if you just introduce yourselves. So I'm Martin Lines, a Cambridgeshire arable farmer. David Corey Close, farmer from Cumbria, native breed of cattle in the hills. Garang Davis, hill farmer from Bala in North Wales. John Carson, uh, an organic farmer, 30 miles east of Belfast, Northern Ireland. And if you could all just give us a bit of detail about the farm, specifically perhaps some of the wildlife. So um, you get an owl farm in Cambridgeshire. We have ELS, HLS schemes where we're enhancing the environment and the, particularly the boundary features, particularly uh, skylark plots, uh, polymer nectar, bird seed plots. And we've seen by having that a, a real increase in diversity of the wildlife that's come back to the farm and, and the numbers go up. David? Um, I won't sp- specifically mention individual species, but I think generally speaking, we have a, a very extensive approach to managing large areas of land with cattle. And we're being encouraged to do so by the landlords that we're involved with, like the National Trust and the RSPB, because they are insistent that that is the kind of management that promotes the most wildlife and the most abundance of wildlife on that land. We are a hill farm in Bala where we farm beef and sheep and we are using them to manage our own environments up there where we've got ring oozel, golden plovers nesting up on the mountain to curlew did up here last spring and so on. But down on the farm itself, we've got red kites and so on. You know, the variation of uh, wildlife there is uh, fantastic. And finally, John, up in Northern Ireland. Yeah, our farm is, is actually very good for wildlife because we have a mixed farm as well. We have headland and we have good land and we have bits of lakes. And, uh, you know, it's very well mixed up for wildlife. And as well, you know, we've, we've been in all the countryside management schemes and all the, the, the environmental schemes now that is available in Northern Ireland. Uh, a bird count is something that has never taken place in our farm, but uh, with being in this group now and hearing from other people, we tend to get that done now in the spring of the year. But I know now that, that, that since going organic, birds seem to have increased. You know, uh, yellow hammers, there's plenty of blackbirds, and we've got a lot of pheasants now that, that, that we didn't have previously. And the cuckoo has actually returned. Now, in different parts of the UK, we've got different formal conservation schemes. I wonder if we could reflect, say, starting with last year, um, of the successes, what's been good about it over the past 10 years, say, um, and what could still be improved on. Yeah, Gloucester is a hit-and-miss scheme in Wales, really. Um, It's too prescriptive um, to start off negative. Uh, It's not accessible for a lot of farmers. You've got to earn the points to get into the scheme, and there's a lot of pockets of farmland in Wales missing out. They really want to get into these schemes, but they're just failing through a point system. But I've been lucky enough myself, I've been able to get into it, and... uh, Things that have been a real success for us is regeneration of our hedgerows. We're planting stubble turnips down in early summer and grazing them and leaving the ground bare over winter. 
And yeah, the amount of wildlife or birds that are landing there, scratching around in early spring as well, you know, it's fantastic. There are good parts within the glass tier and there are some bad parts with it. And I think now coming out of the European Union with Brexit ahead, I think we've got this blank canvas to make a scheme now that can work for everybody. And it's going to be important that we push on that, I think. What about the case in Northern Ireland? In Northern Ireland, I think we're at a really exciting time because this is a chance in a lifetime. We're preparing for the next generation coming forward. And uh, changes that are happening now, if they're made right, is something that's going to lay down the foundations for the next 25 to 30 years. Environmental schemes have been good in the past. They seem to be getting more complicated. There seems to be more red tape involved now with a lot of these schemes and it's putting farmers off joining. Uh, but we need to get back to simplicity again and make them less complicated for the farmer. Of course, in England, we've had big changes over the same last 20 year period. We started with a countryside stewardship scheme, we moved into environmental stewardship, we had set aside before that as well, um, and now we're going in, moving into a new countryside stewardship scheme. Um, lots of levels, lots of ideas on both of your experiences of schemes in England. I don't think there's any doubt that the money that's gone into those schemes has produced good results across the country, but I think it could be better spent. It could be We could get better results for, for, for the same amount of spending, and we could do an awful lot more if there was more money available for those schemes as well. Certainly on land that we're involved with, HLS schemes, the landlords have been very pleased with the results that they're getting. There's an awful lot of survey work goes on um, on the land that we're involved with because a lot of it is designated, it's wildlife reserves. And so we're fortunate that that survey work gets done by some of the organisations that we're involved with. Um, but we, we desperately need more survey work. We desperately need more case studies of all the good stuff that has gone on in the past to inform us about how we might tweak things in the future to make a, a better job of it. We're now in the countryside stewardship, so a lot of people are doubtful you know, and apprehensive of joining because of the complications and the record keeping and, and also the penalties. That if you do something slightly wrong, you can jeopardise all your other payment, um, which is a real worry to some people. And a lot of the schemes that they need to be targeted to the species and the habitat you're trying to create, not do just a general prescriptive scheme. And, and sort of, it's got to be well delivered. Some of the schemes in the previous options were never actually delivered very well by the farmer. They were there, but they didn't actually do the thing they were meant to do. But I think there should be a local support or somebody would come along and help you and guide you through it. And so from the survey work and that, so you understand what you've got and where you want to go to, and then you can record it at the other end. We need to record what we're doing. It's been suggested today that a useful thing going forward would be to put more trust back in the farmers and make them feel like they are in charge of their own destiny on their farms and, and they are responsible for the, the great things that, that will go on as a result of being involved in the scheme. There are a number of examples across the UK where um, payment by results pilots are being rolled out and farmers are doing some of the monitoring work for themselves and reporting back on the performance that their new ways of management are delivering. With all these views in mind, so we've got different situations in different parts of the UK, but these views are united by the Nature Friendly Farming Network, this body that you're forming, which can bring together these views and put them forward to politicians, policy makers. Martin, you're the chair. Can you tell me how and why the network came together and what your aims are for the future? So uh, a couple of years ago, there was some independent survey work done with a number of farmers right across the country. 
uh, who are involved in schemes or are trying to achieve good delivery of habitat or uh, encourage a species. And that a lot of them felt they, you know, they were achieving good, but they didn't have a voice and there was nothing representing what they're doing. So they kept quiet about it um, and it wasn't championed. The network was set up, uh, started the process through last year to arrive for the, the Oxford Real Farming Conference having an official launch. And we're getting those farmers to now come on board and we want to champion what they're doing and be a network of success of what goes on, but also engage with the political side and the lo a bit of lobbying and policy makers to actually steer the new agreements and the new policies in a way that farmers can deliver it well. How do you think policy could be adapted to support nature-friendly farming? Quite easily really, can't it? If the right people put their minds to it, they can deliver it. And that's what I hope to be able to do by being part of Nature Friendly Farming, is to lobby the right people to make all these promises that they're saying, as in Michael Gove recently now came out with a green Brexit. We need to see that he carries it out, because it's, at the end of the day it's the taxpayer that is going to be funding all this. So uh, we need him to carry out what he has promised. Yeah, I think uh, I agree here, you know, wholeheartedly. We have to be seen uh, using public money for public goods in delivering. And I think that if, if that's the case, farmers will deliver. Farmers are, are very good at delivering. Farmers are doing nothing now. This wheel really doesn't have to be reinvented. This wheel has been here for generations. All we have got to do... Uh, uh, is look back over the years and see the good work that was done by our fathers, great fathers, and, and many years before that. You know, those heads is planted and those trees planted and stone walls. All good work done over the years, and I think we can't forget that. And, and farmers were custodians of the countryside. We do need money to do that now, because back years ago, there was plenty of help in farms, plenty of labour in farms, and as long as the people got their, 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 their food, that's all they wanted. Nowadays, the farms run as a one-man band, and so the farmer hasn't got the money to keep up with things. And that's the reason that Michael Gove and department has to really put money into the environment now to pay us to maintain what has been left there in the past. We're not reinventing the wheel or not. All we're doing is trying to leave it better than we got it for future generations. I mean, you mentioned Michael Gove there, and the network's going to have a meeting with him later this month. Something that came out of the session that we've just attended, uh, your launch session, was number one, that the network should be looking to engage a broad spectrum of farmers and growers. And number two, for that meeting, we have to be very specific in what we're actually calling for. So I, don't know, I suppose linked to that, one of the obvious questions is, what is nature-friendly farming? I think nature-friendly farming, or I know nature-friendly farming looks very different on all of our farms um, and in other sectors that aren't represented by the four of us here. So to me, nature-friendly farming is a, it's a holistic approach to managing land, not necessarily concentrating on food production as the main objective, 
but it's one of a, of, a, of a suite of objectives that we are trying to deliver on our farms. So by farming our land in the different ways that we do, we are producing food and we're also delivering all of these other benefits, these incredibly complicated things that we've talked about in the conference over the last two days about carbon sequestration, about biodiversity. So that's why the network is so important to have a, a diversity of, of farmers on it because nature-friendly farming really is very different right across all sectors and all regions of the UK. There has, whether we want it or not, been a perception among some farmers that the conservation side of farming, the wildlife side of farming, is a bit fluffy, it's a bit woolly, it's a bit the sun, bit on the side that you sort of have to do because you sort of get paid for it. But how do we go beyond that? How do we actually make it that to farm with wildlife in mind, to farm with nature in mind, is actually normal? I think, to me, in, in the hills of Cumbria, I think it's... It's about profitability and it's about helping farmers to develop viable farming businesses that have a future. And again, examples of nature-friendly farming are different across all other sectors. So are the challenges and the opportunities as well. So I hope that as part of the network, we can come up with some really, really strong case studies and include financial data in that as well. Because I think that financial data and talking about profitability and bottom line is a key to convincing perhaps some of our sceptics that the way that we are proposing to do things is a, is a very positive and sustainable way forward. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing combined of food production and managing the countryside. And we've got to look at it all-encompassing, not just one or the other. We're not just doing the, the green stuff and looking after the hedges. We've got to combine the whole lot. And by using the schemes and options sensibly and carefully, you can take out the worst bits of your farm, the corners, or change the management of your grasses. So they improve the productivity for your main bit, but also the balances it off help environment and help the countryside prosper. As a network, where would you like to be in 12 months' time? Still making progress and making nature-friendly farming more successful and a good network to be part of. And still lobbying with government. In Westminster, Scotland, Northern Ireland or Wales, that people hear our voice and we are helping deliver what the general public want. We'd like Michael Gove to know all of our names and to be grateful for being a helpful part of the process over the next six months as we work towards a, a new agricultural bill. And I would agree that even with devolved nations and with administration in London that we can work together and work constructively to bring this new policy around and uh, as farmers, and as I say, farmer-led, uh, we will do our utmost. And as well as working with government, I think that we would like to work with every other organisation as well. You know, we're not here uh, to say that we're great and that uh, the National Farmers Union or the Ulster Farmers Union or uh, Soil Association or LEAF or any other organisation is doing wrong. We're here to work with other organisations as well. And How do people get involved and join the network? The best thing is to look at the website, naturefriendlyfarming.org, and you see we have a manifesto that was drawn up by the farmers, um, and you sign up to those principles and policies. You can see what we're aiming to go for in our higher level of policy work, and, and, and just sign up. You can do that as a member of the public or as a farmer. You can use that so we can communicate to you and you can choose how active and how engaging you want to be. Well, thank you very much, guys. It's been really good talking to you, and it's really exciting to see such an organisation at the junior stage right now, but with such high hopes for the future, 
Um, and I think it's yeah, great to see also just farmers coming together on a grassroots level, shared interest, and yeah, wish you all the best for the future. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And once again, if you want more information on the Nature Friendly Farming Network, you can visit their website, which is www.nffn.org.uk. Many thanks to my guests today, Martin Lines, David Corey Close, Gellant Davis and John Carson. I'm Ben Eagle. Thanks very much for listening and I'll look forward to seeing you again soon on Meet the Farmers. Mm -hmm.